you got to get passionate about this thing. If the cross doesn't move you, nothing will move you. I'm offering you something that's greater than silver and gold. I'm offering you something that's greater than an increase in your pay on your job. I'm offering you a... There's no shortcuts to the glory. We've got to get past week-to-week living. We've got to multiply our prayer life. We've got to multiply our efforts. And we are willing to give. God will always give it back to us in good measure. That is pressed down, shaken together, and running over. Hey, thanks for checking out our Christian Life Church podcast. You will be hearing from one of our pastors or guest speakers, either at our Frankfurt or Lebanon campus. Prepare your hearts and your minds to receive a word from God. Thanks for listening. Enjoy and receive this message. praise team a great big hand this morning they are anointed of the Lord have led us powerfully today I'm, I'm, all, I'm still all stumped from when Sister Chelsea came up to make announcement about surprises I kind of like surprises and I'm trying to figure out what the surprise is and I don't know maybe we need to get a showing of hands uh, for people to try to help us with what that surprise is going to be next week. How many of you think the Easter Bunny is going to show up next week? I see a couple hands that think it's highly, highly likely that that could happen. I've seen a tall, skinny, bald-headed Easter Bunny run around here a few times. How many of you think Santa Claus is going to show up next week? Uh, there's, There's a few more hands believing that Santa Claus is going to show up. I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. How many of you think maybe CLC Choir might sing next week? Let's see, how many of you think that may be what the surprise is? That's a little better. Y'all are just not sure, are you? I don't know. Consider those hints in Jesus' name. Luke chapter 1. And I have a really lengthy reading today, and if, 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 you, if your legs are tired and you need to sit down, I understand. This is going to be a long reading. Luke chapter 1, and I'm going to read verses 5 through 31. So it's going to take a minute to get through this. And if you, if you feel you need to be seated, we're going to read the account of the story prior to and leading up to the announcement that Mary was going to conceive and bring forth son and I want you to see what happens before the announcement of the arrival of Jesus coming next week is our Christmas celebration this week we're going to talk about that space of time before his arrival Luke chapter 1 and verse number 5 there were there was in the days of Herod the king of Judea a certain priest named Zacharias the course of Abia. 
And his wife was of the daughters of Aaron, and her name was Elizabeth. And they both they were both righteous before God, walking in all the commandments and ordinances of the Lord, blameless. And they had no child, because that Elizabeth was barren, and they both were now well stricken in years. And it came to pass that while he executed the priest's office before God in the order of his course, according to the custom of the priest's office, his lot was to burn incense when he went into the temple of the Lord. And the whole multitude of the people were praying without at the time of incense. And there appeared unto him an angel of the Lord standing on the right side of the altar of incense. And when Zechariah saw him, he was troubled and fear fell upon him. But the angel said unto him, fear not, I'm just an angel appearing out of nowhere. Don't be afraid of that. Fear not, Zechariah, for thy prayer is heard, and thy wife Elizabeth shall bear thee a son, and thou shalt call his name John, and thou shalt have joy and gladness, and many shall rejoice at his birth. For he shall be great in the sight of the Lord, and shall drink neither wine nor strong drink, and he shall be filled with the Holy Ghost even from his mother's womb. And many of the children of Israel shall he turn to the Lord their God. And he shall go before him in the spirit and power of Elias to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the just to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. And Zechariah said unto the angel, Whereby shall I know this? For I am an old man and my wife well stricken in years. And the angel answering said unto him, I am Gabriel, that stand in the presence of God and am sent to speak unto thee and to show thee these glad tidings. And behold, thou shalt be dumb and not able to speak until the day that these things shall be performed because thou believest not my words, which shall be fulfilled in their season." And the people waited for Zechariah and marveled that he tarried so long in the temple. When he came out, he could not speak unto them, and they perceived that he had seen a vision in the temple, for he beckoned unto them and remained speechless. And it came to pass that as soon as the days of his menstruation were accomplished, he departed to his own house. And after those days, his wife Elizabeth conceived and hid herself five months, saying, Thus hath the Lord dealt with me in the days wherein he looked on me to take away my reproach among men. And in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God unto a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin espoused to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. And the angel came in unto her and said, Hail, O thou art highly favored. The Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. And when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying and cast in her mind 
what manner of salutation should this, this should be? And the angel said unto her, Fear not, Mary, I'm just an angel showing up out of nowhere in the middle of nothing, and you shouldn't be afraid of that. For thou hast found favor with God. And behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb and bring forth a son and shall call his name Jesus. Thank you for standing for that lengthy reading today. And I'm going to preach for just a little while on this subject. When God breaks the silence. When God breaks the silence. Let's pray now. Father, we thank you for your word, for the great spirit of the Lord that we feel and sense in this room, for this great cloud of witnesses that are gathered here today to worship. I'm praying, Lord, that the Holy Ghost meet with us. Strengthen every heart and every life that is here today. Let your word accomplish the purpose for which you are sending it. Let there be, Lord, a demonstration of your spirit, we pray in Jesus' name. Let everybody say in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. You can be seated. Sometimes silence is a welcome friend, particularly in our house. Parents of young children are rejoicing at the words that I just spoke. Sometimes silence is a welcome friend. Sometimes it can be deafening because of what it conveys. Silence can mean so much when a friend becomes silent, a form of disapproval, of anger, of frustration. I don't like it when my wife becomes silent. When the final verse of the book of Malachi, the Hebrew scriptures ended, and for 400 years, God was silent. Gone were the prophets and the prophetic utterances. No more visions and dreams that informed the nation of what was to come. For 400 years, not a single word from the Lord went out to his people. God was still there. He just wasn't speaking. He was very much involved in watching over the protecting and, and protecting his children and his nation. But after the tremendous interaction that had been the norm through Israel's history, God's silence had become deafening. 400 years is a long time particularly to go from God speaking regularly through the prophets to utter silence for 400 years. Imagine from 1620 till now that we had not heard a word from the Lord. How many of us could have faith to believe that he was still with us? Thankfully, God did not remain silent forever. One day, an angel of the Lord appeared unto Zechariah, the priest in the temple. I read it into your hearing today. He and his wife, Elizabeth, were both righteous before God, but had no children because Elizabeth was barren. They were both well advanced in years, and 
it was not likely that that was ever going to happen. Yet while serving in the temple, Zechariah encountered an angel of the Lord that appeared unto him standing at the right side of the altar of incense. Zechariah became terrified, but the angel comforted him and told him, Your prayer has been heard, and your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you shall call his name John. For the first recorded time in 400 years, God once again broke the silence and interacted with humanity. And once again, he used his angelic messengers to portray the message. The angel told Zechariah about his future son. He will be great in the sight of the Lord. He's not going to drink wine nor strong drink. He will be a righteous man. And he's going to be filled with the Holy Ghost, which was something that they couldn't even understand. And John the Baptist of a miraculous nature is born full of the Holy Ghost. The only reason that we can possibly perceive that this could be possible was because he was a forerunner of Jesus Christ. He was to prepare the way of the Lord and the angel even speaks of him turning Israel toward him and preparing for them to believe in their Messiah to turn the hearts of the fathers, the scripture said, to the children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the just and to make ready a, pre a people prepared for their Lord. We hear John the Baptist, a voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare ye the way of the Lord. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. The messenger that came that day to Zechariah. His name was Gabriel. Gabriel, the archangel, appeared unto him who stood, he said, in the presence of God. A few months later, Gabriel, the same messenger, went to Mary, a virgin in Nazareth, and told her that she would bear a son through the power of the Holy Spirit, and his name would be called Jesus. It was almost a mirrored image story from a few years prior to a few years later when the Lord spoke to Zechariah and the Lord appears unto Mary. The same angel comes, the same angel with the same words. Zechariah struggled with the message and questioned it. Consequently, he became mute and did not speak until his son was born. Asked, what the infant should be called, Zechariah wrote, his name shall be called John. All he could do was write it because he couldn't speak it because of his unbelief. When God broke the silence of 400 years, Zechariah did not even believe it was God. And God said, I'm going to punish you for 40 weeks. 400 years of God's silence ended in Zechariah being 40 years or 40 weeks unable to speak. Because of his unbelief. And so he writes, his name shall be called John. And so they all marveled immediately that his mouth opened and his tongue loosed. At the moment that the child John was born, again God broke the silence. And he was able to praise. 400 years of silence ended with an announcement of the coming of John. This led to 40 weeks of silence 
until it was broke at the birth of John. But when the silence was broken and God once again visited with his people through his angelic host, their hearts were then prepared for the greatest message of all times that was going to soon be revealed. Their Messiah, Jesus, was going to be born. But somewhere through that 400 years, the silence had to prepare the hearts of the people to not doubt but believe that although God was not speaking and although angels were not appearing and although they could not see him and did not know for 400 years other than through faith that he was there and by looking around and seeing that he was there, yet God had his eye on them and God was watching out for them. Although he was not speaking, God was still working. And so God breaks the silence. And because this was the first time it had been broken, I probably would have been with Zechariah. I would have been cursed for 40 weeks of silence as well. What do you mean? It's been 400 years since an angel has appeared. Nobody's going to believe this. I can't even believe this myself. Does God really know? Has God really heard my prayer for all of these years for my wife to bear me a son, to bear me a child? All of these years has God heard my prayer? I've been praying and there's been no angel. I've been praying and there's been no prophetic voice. Preachers are coming to preach, but they seem to be just missing me where I'm at. The word of the Lord has been coming forth, but there's been nothing that's been speaking directly to me. Why then should I believe you, Gabriel, that you really are Gabriel, that you really are from heaven, that anything is going to change after 400 years of silence? I have a feeling that I may be talking to someone besides myself today. Anybody in this room today ever go through seasons where God becomes silent? I've gone through seasons where God has become silent where I have not heard the voice of God, where God has not spoken unto me. And then when I receive a word from the Lord, I start feeling like it's just flesh. It's just me. It's just wishful thinking. Is this really a word from the Lord? Is this really what God is wanting to speak? And then I seem to go through another season and the whole time God is saying, because of your unbelief, I'll send you through another season where you may not even be able to speak, where your words seem to fall upon deaf ears, where you won't be able to minister with power and demonstration. I have a purpose for what I am trying to do. Ultimately, I'm trying to prepare the world and my people for the greatest, for the greatest demonstration that they have ever seen. Behold, Mary shall conceive and bring forth a son. I've got something greater to do in the future, but you, Zechariah, are going to have to believe in what I am about to do in the future. And he says, if I can get Zechariah and the people to believe John, then they can prepare the hearts of the people to even receive the Messiah. If I could preach faith and hope into somebody today that's been questioning and saying God's been silent. No prophecy is coming to me. 
No word is coming to me. God, where are you? If I could preach some hope and faith today and say I come by the angelic power of the almighty God to tell you today, God is going to break the silence. He will not remain silent forever. His voice is going to speak if God's people will hear. And I promise you the first word may not be the most powerful word, but get ready. Something more powerful is going to happen in the future. Behold, Mary shall conceive and bring forth a son, and they shall call his name Jesus, and he shall save their people from their sins. That silence of God is not going to last forever. Maybe we're about to have an angel of the Lord step on the scene with a message. I don't know particularly who I'm preaching to today besides myself, but you may have walked into this building frustrated because it's been a very long time since you've heard the voice of the Lord. Maybe your situation has caused you to have more questions than it has brought answers. Everyone else is hearing from God, but here we are. I'm not hearing anything. There's no word for me. Somebody else receives a miracle. Somebody else receives their healing. But we're not even sure that God knows where we are. Everyone else is being blessed. Everyone else is getting a word of direction. But we haven't felt a thing. We're beginning to question. Somebody may be even starting to wonder, does God even know? A lifetime, Zechariah, now an old man, a lifetime of pleading with God, would you send a son? Would you send a child? And it seems that the heavens are brass. It seems if God has not heard his word, I want somebody to know today, that the silence of God is intended to get your attention away from all of the other things in the world and get you to focus totally on Him. It wasn't until Zechariah, after 400 years of the silence of God, kept going right back to the temple and kept burning incense before the Lord. Although he hasn't appeared, although an angel has not shown up, although there's been no prophetic voice, he get up on Sunday morning and got himself dressed in his priestly robe and marched right on into the temple and still offered incense. Incense, of course, is a form of praise and worship. I'm preaching to somebody today that keeps getting up when there's no word, when there's no voice, and you keep coming and you keep praying for that lost loved one and you keep believing God for that healing and you keep being faithful. Come on Zechariah, get ready. The voice of God is about to speak and it's going to break the silence and it's going to be that he has heard your prayer all along. He has watched your faithfulness all along and God will come through in his own time. Oh somebody give the Lord a shout of praise in the room. God has not forgotten you. While you think that nothing positive is happening in your life, it just may be that God has designed the silence so that you will focus your attention on him. 
so he can work some things into your life and out of your life that you simply wouldn't be able to see or hear any other way. It had to be a season of silence. That's why it's important for us to still away with God, for us to pull away from the noise, for us to go through seasons of prayer and fasting when we turn off social media, when we turn off the television and the news media, when we get away from entertainment and all the pleasures of life. And for a little while, we just steal away just me and God. And we pray more than we prayed. And we seek God. And sometimes he's not talking back. But we do it anyway because we know that the silence of God will soon be broken. It doesn't mean that you're not spiritual just because you're not hearing from God. It doesn't mean that God's silence is permanent just because you haven't heard from God. It is just a season that you're going through. And God has designed you and designed the moment for you. We live through seasons of life, but you're not going to always stay in the season of silence. The scripture I read into you today tells tells me that there will be seasons that the church, spiritual Israel, is going to go through times and seasons of silence when there's not miracles, signs, and wonders. We're going to go through times when we pray and prayers are not answered. We're going to go through seasons when we question why and how we ended up where we are. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost this morning. We live through the season because there's always another another side to this season. But you're not always going to stay here. I'm not going to build a brick home in this season. This is not where I belong. This is not, I'm just traveling through this season. But there's another season on the other side. Hold on. Because when the silence, uh, when the silence is broken, everything that has happened in the last 400 years for Israel is about to make more sense than it's ever made before. Just keep being faithful. Just keep showing up to the house of God. Just keep worshiping when nobody else will worship. Just keep burning incense. Just keep being faithful. Just keep doing what you know to do is right. Walk by faith and not by sight because he will not always be silent. He will speak again. And when the silence of God is broken, to both Zechariah and to Mary. The first word, behold. I found it interesting. Do you know what behold means? It means to look around you and see. Everybody just say it with me, behold. Just look around you and see. I wonder if God has heard my prayer. I wonder, look around you and see. When God's not speaking, just keep on looking around you. Well, I see this person being blessed. and That's just telling you that God's still doing miracles, that God's still healing, that God's still bringing backsliders back to the house of God, that God's still delivering the addict from their addiction, that God's still work. Just look around you. Behold, that's what you got to do. Behold, I'm not hearing from God. Just look. Just look. Get 
get your head up. Get your eyes up. Look into the hills from which cometh your help. Your help cometh from the Lord. You can't look at everything that's happening. I'm not hearing God. Come on, behold. Get your head up. Look up. When God's not speaking, just look around you. You may not be able to hear him, but you're going to see his handiwork. You're going to see what he is doing. I know you may be caught in a season of silence right now, but God is preparing something greater in your life. It's just a season. But if you'll look up, if you'll behold, you're going to see God working. We all must learn the lessons that God teaches us through our seasons of silence. Children always want what they want now. Burger King slogan several years ago, your way right away now. That's the way we like it. I want it now. I don't want to wait. But children have to be taught to wait. God has to teach us patience to wait. God often teaches us patience but not giving us a word right now. We go through seasons of silence so we'll appreciate it when we hear the voice of the Lord. We go through times when we say, wow, it's been a dry season. Wow, it's been a long time since I felt the Holy Ghost. It's been a long time since I was moved in some powerful way. But listen, God is trying to work patience into into us. James chapter 1 verse number 4 but let patience have her perfect work that ye may be perfect and entire complete wanting nothing God has always worked through time to teach patience while you and I would like to rush through the season of silence and while we anxiously await the next stanza of the song of life God wants me to tell you today that this silence that you have gone through may have been the best thing for you. It may have been the best thing that could happen to you. I'm going to tell you, we went through COVID. The government came and told us we needed to shut down churches and shut down businesses and everybody shut down for a season and and, and everybody seemed to be okay with it. And then we came back and we got back rolling and then we had a little COVID outbreak that affected many of our families and we had to shut down by necessity for about three or four weeks. And before long, my phone begins to ring and people start saying, Pastor, when are we going to get back to the house of the Lord? This week, my phone started ringing, Pastor, when are we going to get back to church? When are we going to get back to normal? When are we going to be able to pick up all of the additional services? When are we going to be able to get back? When, when, when can we? When can we? I'm sensing a hunger because there's been a season that the Lord has allowed the church to go through where we begin to appreciate gathering together. I'm going to tell you, I have no intention unless it's of necessity I don't have intention of shutting back down again because I'm loving what we're doing and what we're feeling and the presence of power of God. We may not be back to where we were, but we're on our way back. There may have been a season of silence, but get ready. The voice of God is about to thunder over CLC. Miracles, signs, and wonders are about to happen once again. Our loved ones are coming home. The backsliders are going to come back home. The Holy Ghost is going to be poured out. We're going to see things we've never seen before. Get ready because a season of silence has taught the church to hunger after him.
When the silence is broken, the greatest announcement of all times is about to be made. Mary, you are about to be with child. A virgin is going to conceive and bring forth a son. But not just a son, but his name is going to be called Jesus. For he shall save their, his people from their sin. Hmm. Hi, child of God, just because you can't hear him speaking today doesn't mean he's not working for you. Just because you can't speak. You can't sense him. And you're looking around wondering, just come on. Somebody needs to behold him today. If nothing but through eyes of faith. I'm quickly drawing to a close today. But if it's through only through eyes of faith, we need to start beholding him. I'm looking around and I'm seeing folks that should have died when they went through COVID. But God brought them through and out the other side with no loss. I've seen people that's gone through hardship and struggle. And they shouldn't have made it when the stroke should have taken them out. Out, when the heart attack should have taken them out, when the cancer should have been missed and taken them out, God says, I'm just letting you go through a season because I'm setting you up for the greatest miracle that the world has ever seen, that the church has ever seen. His name shall be called Jesus. Without a doubt, his followers must have thought we just wasted three and a half years of following after this man, Jesus. They nailed him to a cross and they put him in a borrowed tomb. They must have thought when the earth went silent, when the earth went dark, that the enemies of Jesus were victorious. They had conquered. They had won. Jesus said that if they destroy this temple in three days, I'll raise it up again. But right now all they're seeing is darkness over the earth. Right now all they're seeing is silence. They really don't see him working anywhere. I imagine they thought they had wasted their years. He's gone now. We can't hear him. His voice was silenced. While they're struggling to find faith to believe, what they did not know was that Jesus had already gotten up out of the grave. Because when the two Marys made their way to the tomb to anoint a cold body with warm oils. When they opened the tomb, when the angel of the Lord invited them in, Jesus was already gone. Where was he? The scripture gives us insight into that. While the people were struggling with faith to believe Jesus the entire time, was walking through hell and preaching to souls that were in captivity. But he wasn't just walking through hell and preaching to souls that were in captivity. He came out carrying in his hands the keys of death, hell, and the grave. Don't let his silence discourage you because he's walking through some things. He's making his way through some annals of prayer 
in things you ask God for. And you've wondered, did he even hear my prayer? He's sitting on the other side of that situation with the keys in his hands saying, I've got it covered. I'm just waiting for you to get hungry enough that you're going to believe me even when you can't hear me. That you're going to open your eyes and look around. Jesus was not just walking through hell, but he was walking through hell for you and me. He was walking through hell with some keys. He isn't just walking around unlocking doors, but he's preaching to spirits that are in prison. Listen, while you're still dealing with sickness, Jesus is in prison preaching to spirits. And he's saying, spirit of infirmity, you've got to be gone. If we understood truly what was going on during the silence, during this silent time, if we understood the power, we would just look, look up and see. Although I don't have a report yet, Annette, by faith, by faith, I'm holding on to the fact that those stripes he took on his back were not just for everybody else, but it, it was for your cancer. It was for your healing. It was for your situation. If we understood what was going on, we would just look up and see if he's still saving. He's still able to save my lost loved one. If he's still working for somebody else, behold, look up. Get ready because his silence is about to be broken. But the first thing you've got to do is behold. Every spirit of addiction is going to be broken. Oh, come on, church, all over this room right now. Call on the name of the Lord. Every spirit of discouragement. If you knew what was good for you, you would take your hand off of that child of God right now. Every worrying and anxious mother over that lost child right now would throw their hands in the air with faith and look around and see the young people that serve in God and declare in the name of the Lord, we're coming out the other side. This is going to be my daughter. This is going to be my son. If he did it for them, he'll do it for me. Come on, look up. Behold, church, look up. Begin to see it for yourself. Your strength is coming. In due time, you're going to reap if you faint not. The times of refreshing are going to come. Come on, believe God for it right now. I open these altars if you need something from the Lord. I dare you to step out and walk to the front of this room. It may have been silent in your world, but the next line is about to be spoken. Weeping may endure, but for a night, but joy is coming in the morning. Seek him today. Seek him today.
Even when I can't feel it, you're 